right, here we are, week 17, RJ Bell's dream preview, pregame.com, with no RJ today. It's just Fez and I, the two-time, two-time Super Contest champion, Steve Fezzik, and looks like he's going to get into the money on this circuit contest as well. 80th place, I don't know, game out. You know, I'm 50. You nervous? I'm 50, 29, and 1. And you're not even sure to make the money. Well, think about this. There's 4,000 people. So when I won these Westgate contests, there's 300 people. So now, you know, second place in a 300 becomes like 26th place in a 4,000. It's a lot more difficult. Well, uh, things weren't difficult for RJ this week. Five and oh. He avoided the losers that I sent him. Um, he uh, he took some of the winners that I sent him, but he avoided the losers. He picked through them, said, nope, not that one, toss it, not this one, toss it. And somehow we walk out of there with a 5-0. and oh. Unfortunately, the asshole in first place also went 5-0. and oh. So gained zero ground, and I think we are now officially eliminated from being able to win first place. Like Squid Game, pregame.com has been eliminated. But <laughs> we're now seven games over 500. And talking to RJ this week, he thinks that like there's a good possibility that now we are, you know, as or I say we, like I've been doing any of this shit. That's all you guys. Uh, that pregame is like o- over the last three years or four years going to be number one overall. Is a good possibility when it, at the end of this. If we can finish the season strong, which I'll be honest, like we obviously the beginning of the season was not good. I'm looking at the guy that over the first three years was the only guy that beat us. We are five games better than him this year, so I think we are on pace four straight winning years in a row to have the best of anybody that's entered this gold contest. Well, there the you last go. Four years. Well, we got to finish strong. That's a priority, and uh, I, I plan. On I I you know I know RJ between when we do the pod on Wednesday night and when we put the picks in on Saturday, RJ he listens to a lot of podcasts. He takes in a lot of content. Here's the question, Fez: Do you think he'll listen to this podcast that we're doing? Can I set a line? Yes. I would say no is favored because RJ is under the weather, and so he's going to be behind. So he's going to have to go through his normal progressions, and this is going to and this is not part of the, his routine. So he'd have to break from his routine. So the combination of being behind, being under the weather, and the like is going to make it difficult. But and he knows he's going to get our input on Saturday night. We're just anyway. going to send the text. That's so, true. So why listen to AJ ramble on about the Godfather and whatever, whatever, whatever? Um, Jimmy uh, Page. What What are some bands from Houston? What are some? Let's <laughs> do some bands from Houston. Yes. Uh, how about Bun B? There you go. That's the what I'm going to talk Bun about. B, yeah. Uh, Texas Steakhouses and how Love You Blue was the greatest fans of all time in the '80s when they packed the Astrodome after losing. That's not a typo. After losing in a playoff <laughs> game, that is the most incredible thing. Can you imagine the Eagles packing a stadium after losing a game? No. No. You know what's unbelievable is right now, tonight, the Astrodome is literally packed to the gills with rats. Rats? Yeah. Actual living, breathing rats. Why? Because it's just a disgusting old building that oh, sits really? there collecting rats. Yeah. And they never were the same after Evil Knievel jumped the buses in the Astrodome, right? Was that I a wipeout? Would, I would bet that the rats in the Astrodome are like probably... 
above average house cat size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like, they say everything's bigger in Texas. I, I'm not joking around. I would guarantee there are rats inside the Astrodome right now that are cat size. You know, what's interesting is how the Astrodome came along and then everyone, all the cookie cutter cut, um, stadiums like Three Rivers and Riverfront and et cetera, and they built all these multi-purpose facilities that you could play baseball and football yeah. in, and they were very all symmetrical and they all suck. And then people figured it, it took, it, it's amazing. It's so obvious that 20 years later, people are like, you know what? Decrepit Wrigley Field and Fenway are great. And why don't we have... Make an experience out of it. Exactly. Have a big, like, upward wall in center field and a 30-foot fence. All right, 19 feet, 9 inches, I think, in Cleveland. By the way, they say every time you go to a baseball game, you'll see something you'll never, you've never seen before or after. There was once a ground rule double that went over the left field wall, the 20-foot high wall in Cleveland. Wow. Let me ask you how that's possible. I mean, the only, I guess the only... The only thing I could see happening is like pure ineptitude from a left fielder. Like it just drops off. Like I, he misjudges it so badly that it falls right behind him and bounces over. That is what happened. Now I was thinking maybe a long drive down the line and he swipes that and ricochet ricochet off the glove and up and over. By the way, that's a double, not a triple. That's the stupidest rule in baseball. There's lots <laughs> of them. How can you be rewarded for knocking a ball? Out of the field of play and limiting it to a double if you're an outfielder. That 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 that, that doesn't that, make sense. That rule and the rule like when there's a kickoff and the ball is just like lying on the one yard line, close to the sideline, and the uh, receiver can put his foot out of bounds, touch the ball, and he, and that's deemed to be the ball is out of bounds. That's that's the dumbest rule ever. <laughs> Someone's got to explain to me how the kicker has done his job. He's deadened the ball on the one inbounds, and you're ruling that kickoff out of bounds. But I digress. The 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 ground rule double. Lost it in the lights, or it couldn't, didn't see the ball. Just a really high smoked, real high fly ball bounced at exactly the midpoint of the warning track and cleared the wall by six inches. Do you remember the time when the ball bounced off Jose Canseco's head? Yeah, was a ground rule double. That was strong. I think that <laughs> no, that was a homer. That was a home run. Well, I'm almost sure. I'm on, but that was a home run. If it ricochets off of you without hitting the ground. I guess it would have to be. Because yeah, think it about it, if you reach over the fence with your glove and it goes yeah. up, it's the same, it's the same thing. So, but if it hits the ground, you can kick it into the stands, and it's only a double, and the guy on first has to go back to third. Poor Jose Canseco. Indeed, it was a home run. Who hit it? One second, I'll grab that. I'm, I'm bummed. I got to see – so my dad was a mega Nolan Ryan fan, and we lived in Houston. So, I, I mean, we, we had season tickets to the Astros growing up, and – Every time Nolan would pitch, like some days I got to leave school early hmm. so I could go see Nolan pitch. Go well, see that Nolan pitch. Well, that explains something. And then, <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the Astros, when, when Nolan Ryan went to the Rangers, this was back when you could get a flight on Southwest Airlines. You could go like round trip Houston to Dallas for like $59. So we got, we got tickets to Rangers games. And every time Nolan would pitch in, in Arlington, We'd fly up for for the Rangers games. So I got to see a bunch of really cool Rangers history. I got to see uh, – I was there the day that Robin Ventura charged the mound. Mm. Didn't go well poor, for him. Poor, poor Yeah, I choice. was there the day that Bo Jackson hit a line drive off Nolan Ryan's face, mm. and he was he stayed out there bleeding and kept pitching. Mm. I was there for that game. Um, so I, I got to see a lot of cool things – I missed the Jose Canseco home run off the head game. And now, now you only get to see strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Yeah. That's that's pretty much – and ground and, outs into the shift. And by the way, Carlos Martinez was the guy who hit that home run for the Cleveland Indians. Mm. The, the old stadium there in Arlington was 
it's it, terrible. It was a terrible. It was like one of those cookie cutter stadiums you're talking about, except they didn't play football in it. It was just built mm-hmm. that crummy way for no good reason. It had no personality whatsoever. Then the Rangers built a new stadium. Looks terrible from the outside. No, the, the this is I'm oh. talking this the middle stadium oh, they okay. built, which was gorgeous. I mean, it's it's just beautiful inside and out. It gives like it's got kind of like a. The Baltimore Stadium, it gives you like an old old ballpark feel. The problem was when you invest in a new stadium, you got to think this day and age, you might want to put a roof on the thing. And they didn't think that far ahead. Kind of hot in Texas for day games. It yeah. was brutally hot. Like, uh-huh. in, they would let you bring in towels and stuff, like wet towels to put on your head and things like that. But it was still just miserable. Then finally they built this this ugly new stadium, but at least it's air-conditioned, yeah. and that's really what counts. That's mm-hmm. all That's all that really matters. Sure. All right, let's get into this week's games. Woo! <laughs> all right. Thank you, Ric Flair. Let's get after it, Fez. Let's start with your best bet. What do you say? Let's go to the jungle. We're on the Cincinnati Bengals catching five. I'm going to make this one simple. It's a pretty simple handicap. we got an ultra public Kansas City team that's covered six consecutive games. They're playing very well. I've upgraded them. How far have I upgraded them? Well, I've got Kansas City, my number one team in the NFL, a point and a half better than anybody else, better than Tampa and Dallas. So clearly it would be a stretch to say I got Kansas City underrated, you know, being at the very top. Despite all that, I only have them five and a half points better than Cincinnati. And most people would agree the Bengals are an above-average team, significantly above-average, two points better in my numbers. Well, seven and a half minus two, that's five and a half points. That's what the line should be on a neutral. But this should be a rocking game in the jungle. Bengals just played a solid game last week. They don't want to leave the division up for grabs week 18 against Cleveland. So this is a really more important game to the Bengals than Kansas City that's just playing for home field advantage, not any kind of division titles. One of the biggest games in Bengal recent history. So I think you give, give them two and a half for home field. So if I'm five and a half on a neutral, bang, I'm, I'm brushing up against the three almost, and I'm catching five. I will take the Bengals for my best bet. All right, let's talk about this. Is it possible that the Bengals are overvalued because they just smashed up the corpse of the Baltimore Ravens? Yes. Um, there's certainly a concern there. But then again, you know, Burrow threw for 500 yards. They kept throwing against that depleted <clears throat> secondary because they wanted to get Burrow. I think he had the fourth highest passing yards in the history of the NFL. And in fact, I will buy you dinner, A.J. Hoffman, if you can name one of the three players that had a better passing game than uh, Burrow had on Sunday. Just mm. one. Dan Marino. Incorrect. Ah, damn it. All right. Here they are. This is from memory. Guys, look, look, look me up on this if I get this wrong. I believe... There's one old-time guy. It was Sonny Jurgensen or somebody. Norman like, Van Brocklin Norman in Van 1951. Oh, that shouldn't even count. <laughs> but, oh, you know what? I know who one of them is. Warren I should have said Moon. it. I, well, that wasn't the one I was going to say. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, You're right. Is Matt Schaub Matt one of the three? Matt Schaub. Houston, the Texas much zone. despised. Gross. Horrific. Matt Schaub somehow threw for 500-plus in a game. Um, but if you look, you, you look at the personnel, and it's like Mixon's the better running back. 
Yeah, Mahomes is the better quarterback, but not by that much. Receivers, both these teams have great receivers. Yep. And Kansas City, yes, their defense has been playing better. But um, I see this one as the game where Kansas City exhales. I could see Mahomes going back to throwing a couple of picks. Bengals can win this game, and they're catching five. Here's some of the the thoughts that I had looking at this game that, that scare me off of this. Like, the, you said the the jungle will be rocking. Like, I think of that, and I think, well, I remember when the Jags almost beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, I remember the Browns humiliating the Bengals in Cincinnati. The, the Chargers and the, the 49ers back-to-back weeks beat the – like, there's not much of a home field advantage for the Bengals, it doesn't feel like. Well, I might make the case. Remember, the Bengals have been bad for a long time, and now they suddenly got good. And if you look back, like, going way back – like in their Super Bowl years, the in '82 and '88, that home field advantage was just enormous. Back when they played in Riverfront, um, ask the Bills about that. Ask, hey, ask the San Diego Chargers about the Ice Bowl and the 27-7. I mean, that that stated that the Cincinnati fans. Um, I'd be very surprised if you don't have a very pro Bengal, boisterous, uh, loudest crowd of the year in Cincinnati in this game. How good is Joe Burrow? I, I tweeted out a question this week. I said, who are the top if you if you could take your pick of the top five quarterbacks in the AFC for the next five years, what who are your five guys? And I and you know when I said this, I assumed most people would have the same top three. I figured there was some wiggle room on the bottom two. But where do you where do you rank Joe Burrow AFC quarterbacks? If I if with the same parameters, next five years. Oh, he's number four. Mahomes, Herbert. Josh Allen are, are the clear top three. Um, I'm trying to think of who I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put in to hit the same category. I don't have another guy. Lamar Jackson? No, Lamar Jackson's a running quarterback that's bodies breaking down. I they, they, I don't even know if he'll be in the league in five years. Okay, uh, it, like the the names. Now, that... if it was a one year conversation, we could like next year. Would I rather have for one year Burrow or Lamar Jackson? I'm probably indifferent. The names that came up, Bur- Burrow came up a lot. Uh, Derek Carr came up quite a bit. Lamar, and, and I do have Carr better right now, but I kind of feel like he's peaked. I think I think he's at his. I'll tell you this: level. I think Derek Carr. I, I think Derek Carr will be playing for a different team next year, hmm. and I think Derek Carr may end up looking better. Like it, I think Derek. Like if Derek Carr were in Pittsburgh, I think we could see another like a, a career resurgence from hmm. Derek Carr. I do um, have Carr by number eight guy. How old is Carr here? He's he's young, thirty. Yeah, I mean he's in his prime. Um, I don't. I just don't like his haircut. Okay. Um, my <laughs> wife. My wife thinks he's handsome. She sees him. She's like, gosh, he, he's so good looking. So she's a fan of his. Is um, that why I always I see them out in Vegas all the time together? I would guess so. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering why that was. <laughs> um, and then the other names that would come. Tua came up a couple times. Mac Jones came up a couple times. I think no, that's like. No, no. Tua did not come up. Tua did come up. Like I, I don't know how real it was. But really? Well, I will take. I will take. I'm with you. Derek Carr. QBR against two of them. Ryan Tannehill, like yeah, Ryan Tannehill oddly didn't come up. Yeah, Tannehill's thirty-two, and um, he, right now he's he. I've got Tannehill eleven, Burrow twelve. But again, it's one of those up arrow, down arrow situations, you know, going forward. So I guess Joe Burrow. Let's let's say he is one of the top five quarterbacks in the AFC. I, I agree with that. I I don't know, but there's people who think he's a top five quarterback in the league. I disagree with that. I, I guess I just listed Tannehill and Carr above him, so that makes him number six, like just in this year. You know, he's still okay. getting better. Um 
here's the other things that kind of set off red flags to me for the Bengals. They're 32nd in strength of schedule. So they've played two games against teams that have a better than 50% chance of making the playoffs right now. Two, all year. Mm-hmm. 0-2 straight up and against the spread. Mm-hmm. So everybody else that they've played is an underdog to make the playoffs or has zero chance of making the playoffs right now. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to be mm-hmm. in the former category. Um, and the defense for Cincinnati that we t- everybody's like, eh, I don't know about them. I don't know about them a couple weeks ago. And then now they're like, oh, the defense is playing really well. Well, yeah, you played a game against half Teddy Bridgewater, half Drew Locke. That'll make you look good. And then you played a game against Josh Johnson. I wanted to do this on the radio today. We didn't have time. I'm going to read you a list of the teams that Josh Johnson has played football for since his rookie year. Fifth round draft pick out of San Diego in 2008. Tampa Bay Bucks, McKenzie San Francisco 49ers, Sacramento Mountain Lions, Brad's team, uh, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers again, Cincinnati Bengals again, New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, New York Giants, Houston Texans, Oakland Raiders, Washington Redskins, San Diego Fleet. Okay. On fleek, baby. (laughs) Detroit Lions, Los Angeles Wildcats of the XFL, San Francisco 49ers again, (laughs) New York Jets again, Baltimore Ravens again. That is the ultimate journeyman, isn't it? You know, one thing that's interesting about this stat um, that you had as far as teams projected to make the playoffs, part of the reason they're not playing any teams projected to make the playoffs is because they beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh, essentially knocking those teams out of the playoffs. So if they'd been bad, those would have been playoff teams. Okay. I, I would also argue they played against the Bears and lost to them. They played against the Jets and lost to them. They that played was a weird game. They're up they, eleven. They played against the Browns play. and lost to them. So they that lost. Was a bad to, <laughs> they lost to some teams that they didn't have any business losing to. That's what worries me about the. I mean, sure. I, I get what you're saying, and I, I'm, I'm, I maybe I'm a little scared because I, we talked for so long about what was it, 15 out of 17, the Chiefs ha- failed to cover. Right. And now they've covered. Now they're saying, "Fuck you guys! We're covering every game." Well, well, f you guys! Now it's now it's time. Do you see me picking against the Chiefs during that entire stretch? No, not a one. Do you see me taking the Steelers against the Chiefs last week? Nope. It just it feels to me like we're buying high on the Bengals. That's all. Now we're selling high on the Chiefs. Okay. We're selling high on the Chiefs. I, I listen. You you know far more about this than I do, so I'll I'll defer. But. When they hit six on Sunday, you just take that little strong finger of yours and hit submit. And take Bengals plus six, you'll thank me Monday. All right. I will go. No hurry. I think we might get six. Okay. My five weight is going to be the L.A. Rams. I'm picking on the same Baltimore Ravens that Joe Burrow picked on last week. Rams minus three and a half against the Ravens. And there's some money that pushed back on the Ravens today. This was Rams minus four. Went to three and a half with the news that Lamar Jackson returned to practice. I went and saw some video of Lamar Jackson at practice, and I got to tell you, friends, I ain't scared. I'm, I am not afraid of that Lamar Jackson limping around practice. 
And I don't think Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson wouldn't have saved the Ravens against the Bengals. The problem with the Ravens right now is on the defensive side of the no ball. No secondary. And it's everybody's on the, it, gone. It's the defense. Imagine if I said, "Here's the two places you're going to go into this game weak against the Rams." I feel like secondary and offensive line, line. are the worst two places. I just have like, this picture of Aaron Donald holding a quarterback's helmet. Hopefully, his head's still not attached. Yeah, because guess who didn't practice today? Neither of the starting guards for the Ravens practice today. Neither of their defensive ends practice today. Uh, neither of, None of their cornerbacks have been practicing. Jimmy Smith was on COVID. I don't know if he's going to practice Can or not. Can you guys give me a, a weather report? I just want to make sure it's not cold and, and nasty. And But Tyus, uh, Tyus Bowser didn't. Tavon Young, who's been the best corner that they've had going, he hasn't been practicing since he got Ram, concussed. Rams have really stunk in cold weather. Well, the Rams, uh, listen, the Rams stunk last week. Somehow still covered against the Vikings. Matt Stafford was terrible, and they still beat the Vikings yeah, by saw, seven I, points. I saw the Vikings won the yardage. Time of possession was equal. Stafford threw three picks. Yeah. And um, they still beat them by a touchdown. Yeah, turnovers. You're, you know, when you're plus three in turnovers and you win the stats, you're supposed to win. Yeah, I, I, it just feels like... I mean, you're not supposed to win, but you're supposed to win that game because you got lucky. So the Vikings got lucky, and they still lost. And that Vikings team had something to play for. Yeah, I mean, that was the game. That was their season. They're going to beat Chicago. They're going to lose in some ridiculous manner against Green Bay, and they're going to finish 8-9. and I'm going to lose my over 8.5 bet because I didn't get my butt out to play over 8 when it first opened up. It was there for like 10 minutes. You're fired. Damn it. (laughs) By the way, weather in Baltimore this Sunday, it's going to be windy, about 20 miles per hour. 30% 30% chance of rain on kickoff. But 62 degrees. Oh, bring yeah, your sunscreen. I, I'm, not, I'm not scared. <laughs> I, 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 I think 62 degrees in Baltimore in December is nice. Th- think about Cooper Cup and and like the, the weapons it was running. 65 in Alaska today. Odell Beckham running All around. over Alaska. Really? Also, that it, can't be true. I know. It, 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 guys, look it up. It smashed records by 20 degrees. You know How what? How do the penguins feel about all that? That would be like there's someone, no penguins in that Alaska. That would be like somebody running a 10k. You never know. So it'd be like somebody running a 10k in like 20 minutes. It's just like not 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 possible. My brother-in-law actually lives like in the bush in Alaska. Look, text him. Uh, well, I see the temperature today: 18 degrees where he lives. Oh, he's up. He's, he's up in, in Fairbanks. He's like in North well, Pole. Yeah. Fairbanks is the closest town to like real town to yeah, him. Take a look at Anchorage. But uh, so I, I'm, I think the Rams right now, again, an oil rig didn't No, He just he lives off the land like he catches salmon and shoots bears and like he just lives like off that grid. kid that died in the school bus that got lost. Kind of like that. They yeah. did it like he, he had Into a show. On, he had a show on Discovery. Uh, Your brother? Yeah, my brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was like basically about these like people came up to where he lived, and they they basically lived with him, or lived in the, like in like a community with him, and he basically showed them how to prep for like the the winter in Alaska. That's that that is fantastic. Don't ever do that. But um, if you do get up to Alaska in the summertime, I've been up there, stay at the the Captain Cooker or one of those places and just drive around southern Alaska. You know, there's a little tourist town. Um, I can't remember, recall the name, but it's really cool. Like Anchorage and the surrounding areas. That's um, the weather's perfectly nice. It's really uh, May 20 hours of sunlight. You know, that's an awesome time. July or the cruise. You know, um, I, I went up there for business a couple of trips and I really I loved Alaska. He's the show is called 100 Days Wild. Hmm. And it's basically okay. 100 days leave, leading up to the freeze. 
So you've got to catch as many beaver and right. salmon and stuff as you can and have it prepped for the freeze when you're not going to be able to catch any food. So that's that's what the show is about. And there's a great book, um, sorry for all the tangents, that like <laughs> like a hundred I think it's called like a hundred days below below zero. Mm-hmm. And they talk about like in World War II, um, there was a a a cargo plane crashed and a guy parachuted out into the middle of the Alaska wilderness and he survived all winter long. He just by some miracle was close to a river, hiked the river and found in a um a cabin that had wasn't deserted and had and had some storage, yep. some provisions, and just lived for a couple months, and then just started going down the river and finally found some civilization. Pretty right wild. now on Amazon.com, free plug: eighty-one days below zero, the incredible survival story of a World War II pilot in Alaska's frozen wilderness. If you don't like that book, you don't like Las Brisas and Laguna Beach. It's that good. All right, what do you think about this Rams pick? I like it. I, it just makes so much sense. I'm going to supplement it. Um, Cooper Cup is on the verge of setting the record for most catches and most yardage as an NFL receiver is approaching 2,000. Um, I think play, go ahead and play Cup over. I imagine it'll be like 115 or 120 pass yards, maybe over eight and a half catches. Um, I've noticed that guys I'm a, Can I be RJ for a second? Yeah. Boy, that's square. No, it's sharp because the <laughs> odds makers will set his number based upon a season-long average because they're too busy with other things like getting their butts kicked on a live wagering in college basketball, and they won't have time to do other than say, we always put Cooper Cup at 112 yards, and that's what we're going to set him here. And the matchups, you just laid it out, is awesome against the Ravens. Okay, maybe they'll make it 116, but um, they'll look to do everything they can to feed him to get them that record. All right, let's go to your four-weight, Steve. Yeah, so let's go to your Houston Texans. <gasps> This is just an anti. This is uh, it, this is completely an anti Forty Nine er. I can't believe this. Long. Now, are you assuming Jimmy Garoppolo's playing? Yes, but you know, if, if Jimmy G doesn't play and Trey Lance plays, all they're going to do is hand the ball off. I don't see how the Forty ers get separation. But I expect Jimmy G's going to play. But you know what? Coach don't trust Jimmy G with two good hands, and he's, he doesn't have Mackenzie. He doesn't have just one injury. He doesn't he have like 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 a. Um, a severed hand or something? What's what's going on with him? Yeah, multiple fractures in the thumb. Beautiful. You know? Yes. So I don't know if they're <laughs> metacarpals, metatarsals. That's a pretty important, you know, uh, injury. And it wouldn't surprise me, since you know, it's interesting. Is is I caught the quote, Mackenzie? Did you hear Shanahan talking about right before it disclosed, like the day before it disclosed that Jimmy G's got this horrible injury? He's like, oh, I just want to let everyone know that Trey Lance has looked really good in practice the last three weeks. Like out of the blue, he said that. Did you hear that? I did notice that quote and found it odd. We haven't had four good weeks of straight great practice with Trey Lance like we've had these past four weeks or something like oh, that. Oh, and then shocker, our, our starting quarterback is a maimed hand. Oh, he's going to have to play? Well, that's great because he just had the best four weeks that he's had. I wonder if if the Texans had lost to the Chargers by 17 points last weekend, if the 49ers would just say, we're going to give Jimmy G a, a week to rest and get his hand right because – it seems odd to push him. Like, if there's a question, like if it's 50 50, he, sh- he could play, or like mm-hmm. if there's a chance he could hurt it more. This game where you're 12 point favorites against the Texans feels like a game where you could say, let's, let's see what the kid can do. And worst case scenario, he's terrible. We eke out a win against the Texans. And Jimmy G's back next week. How'd that work out when you held Arizona to 17 points earlier in the year? 
Yeah. Not so good. Not so uh, we good. We need this game like blood. Jimmy G, I don't care if you got to go out there with like like longest yard with the, with the big cast on on your arm. You're gonna yeah. play. Yeah, it, man, this is a it's a weird it, it's a weird game because the Texans have been playing better. And I want to say, you know, Mills is actually a capable quarterback. You, you know, I you look. I keep at, hearing that. I I think maybe we're hearing too much of that. Boy, he was good against the Chargers. He was, and that was the second game this season where he hasn't been total dog shit. But people are like, "Whoa, look at because they won two games in a row." People are like, "Wow, that, and they're that's, bad on the road." Remember, one of them was against Jacksonville. But he remem- was bad in that game, but it didn't matter. But remember, these are the wussy fans in San Francisco, where they have no home field advantage because Mackenzie, all they do is drink wine and like golf clap, right? Exactly right. Yeah. So he's had Forty Nineers faithful. Forgive me. He's had two games this season with a QBR over fifty. One was the New England game that they almost won. They lost that game 25-22. He threw for they three. They kicked New England's butt. He threw three touchdowns. He threw for three half. touchdowns. Yep. His QBR was 84.8. That was the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. Then this Chargers game, 77.2 QBR, two touchdowns, no picks. Every other game he's ever played has been sub-50 QBR. What I will say for them is they've they found at least somebody that they can throw out there next year and feel like we're at least – scratching a little deeper on this lottery ticket to see mm-hmm. if we've got something. Sure. They don't I, – I think if he would have stunk all year – Then they'd know. They would have had to use their first pick on a quarterback. Phillip Rivers is available. Now I think they can use that that pick, which is going to be a, a top five pick. Mm-hmm. I think they can use that pick on best defensive player available, and whether it be Hutchinson or, or you know Thibodeau from Oregon, whoever it's going to be, and you can build a, start to build your roster mm-hmm. – and see if you see if you've got something with Davis Mills, and if you don't, okay, try again next this year because you'll be stink two, again this next is a year. Two year rebuild. Let's for, face it. By it's the way, probably a three year rebuild considering they didn't have a first pick this year. Are you under four and a half? I'm under four and a half. You're fine. You win. Yeah, okay. I feel pretty good about it, sure. I, I, and I'm I'm invested equally in Jags under six and a half, which I'm pretty sure is already cashed. So as long as they as long as they meet the requisite minimum games required to play. Yes, just roll your helmets out there, Jags. Exactly good. So so um either way, if Trey Lance it's a great bet. Jimmy G injured, it's a good bet. Okay. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on this. I I like I think earlier in the week it was thirteen and even the market says it's basically twelve and a half. So they're expecting money to come in on the Texans. Uh I, I like this. It's not. It's. I. I'm not running to the window to bet on the Texans, especially coming off two straight wins. I'm fully aware of what this roster is. It's bad. It's really, really bad. I don't. I. It's hard for me to explain away the Chargers game, though. I. I, I can't. Yes. And. Um. Not I, even a fluky win. No, they, they beat the shit out of them, yep. and and the Chargers were just gross in that game. But the win against the Jags, like, I mean, everybody can beat the Jags. Herbert's still a handsome. Man, yeah, he's still solid, handsome dude. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, an endorsement on this one. My four weight is going to be the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half hosting the Dolphins, and in this stretch, the Dolphins have been good, not great, good defense, very good defense has been very good. Number one in EPA over this seven-game stretch. What does EPA not account for? Strength of schedule. Correct. I'm going to read you a list of the quarterbacks 
that the Dolphins have faced do it. in this seven-game streak. And you tell me how many of these players are even – how many of these guys are amongst the 32 best quarterbacks I'll in give the you NFL? I'll give you a number. Tyrod Taylor. 19. You still think he's 19th best quarterback? That's in what the I had him before he dropped off my list, but that's probably too high. Uh, okay. Lamar Jackson. You know, Jackson's interesting. I've got him 17, but it's that's an asterisk. That's a healthy Jackson. Not I, I still Jackson. think even a hobbled Jackson is top 32. Yeah, but but that that's a healthy Jackson. So. Zach Wilson. 32. Bottom. And I would I would venture you could find some guys that, that that's are only than, counting the people who start. That's kind of, he's the thirty lower. second best starter. We don't, we, don't, we, we don't go lower than. 32. <laughs> but would you agree he's not one of the thirty two best quarterbacks in no, the NFL? No, he's like forty eight. Uh, Joe Flacco. Apologies to Minshew. <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of Minshew, uh, Joe Flacco is like number sixty. Cameron Newton. Yeah, I've got him number. You know, I've got him twenty seventh. Which Among is, starters, right? Yeah. Although he's not a starter because, anymore. L- l- listen to this collection below him. Uh, New Orleans Hill, Trevor Lawrence, Mills, the Giraffe, Glennon, and, of course, Wilson. Yeah. Rookies Ugly. and backups. Yeah. And, and mean, in the meantime, Mitch Trubisky, Mariota, uh, not, not, and Minshew are not playing. Huh? By the way, Cam Newton, no longer the starter for the Panthers. True. You've now been benched for Sam Darnold. Oof. Yeah, not a good look. Yeah, that that's when you know fire rule. Yeah, your career's not going the way you want it to go when you get benched for Sam Darnold. He says it's the the process is working. Mike Glennon and Ian Book. Oof. That's the quarter in that seven game win streak. That's the quarterbacks their defense went up against. So yeah, your defense has been pretty good. I would hope so. You've been going up against practice squad quarterbacks. They should you should be really good. The Titans are clearly. Clearly, the best team they will have faced. You know what I like since about the streak this started is that it's late in the year. I'm tired. You're tired. Mackenzie's tired. These players are tired. It's been a long year. Yeah, yeah. we're working really hard. Well, the Titans got to play on Thursday, so now they yep. get a whole bunch of time to prepare, and they go ahead and get Miami on a short week. So it's an enormous advantage um, in terms of energy because of that. The Titans also. I think, would we agree the Titans, since Derrick Henry got hurt, the Titans have exceeded expectations? Well, of course, yeah. Because people thought, like, the Titans are going to be, oh, if they can still make the playoffs, maybe he'll be back for them. Line for the number one seed. Yeah, they're the only, if Kansas City falls off, they're the team who jumps up. They, but they stink. Their offense stinks. Their defense has been very good. They're getting, they're getting 4.6 yards per play. That's like, that's like Houston bad. That's well, like Carolina bad since Derrick Henry went out. Now they might get better now that they who cares about Julio Jones, but they get they get their playmaker back, a wide receiver. AJ Brown, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. So I, I just I think that this Titans team is maybe a little disrespected by this number. Either that or the Dolphins are just being like because they've won seven in a row, they just won on Monday night football in dominant fashion on national TV. Maybe the Dolphins are actually overvalued right now. But this was the look ahead from last week. It, it was three and a half. So. Yeah, I, I just can't. I don't understand that number. I, I think it's too much respect to the Dolphins, three and a half. I understand it because I don't have the Titans. I, I have the Titans rated as a below average team. And I have the, I have the Dolphins rated. Well, let me, let me take a look at my rating. You think there. the Titans are a below average team? Let me see that. No, I have them as a zero, and I have Miami as a minus a half. So I have the Titans half a point better, which means I can't get... The spot's great 
for Tennessee, but the power ratings are not great. Long week for the Titans. Yeah. Short week for the Dolphins. So that's worth a point. So I go from two and a half, I get up to three and a half, I basically get to the number. I think it's worth at least a point. It might be worth two points, that situation, end of the year. All right, let's look at your three-weight game. And that, of course, my three-weight game. It, can this possibly be right? I pick, I'm pick. i picking the New York Jets. <sighs> Wowza. Um, I did like what I saw from the Jets. You know what I saw from the Jets against Jacksonville? I saw outright emotion. I saw guys that wanted to win bad. I saw a squad that's not that good, but that was really trying hard. I saw a guy, Berrios, who looked like he was playing for for his life out there. Um, if I get a motivated team catching 13 against a team that's banged up in the secondary still in the Bucks, I got to go ahead and take it. Um, you know, 13, let me take a look at power ratings on these two teams. So uh, Tampa, I've got a plus six. And the Jets, I have a minus nine half. I have this 15 and a half on a neutral, two for home field. Jets do have a home field. That gets me to 13 yeah. and a half. And then I've got to factor in the fact that the fourth quarter, you know, regression to the mean. All Tampa does needs to do is win. And I'm going to borrow around 12. So I'm getting an extra point, and my gut says the Buccaneers don't need margin. They're traveling up to the Northeast. They'd be perfectly happy getting a win. Here's what's scary about this for me. Tampa last week was without Mike Evans, without Chris Godwin, without Leonard Fournette, without Levante David, without Jason Pierre-Paul, and they just smashed the Panthers. Like, it wasn't even... A, I think there's something wrong with the Panthers' chemistry. I think that, that the rails have come off. Okay. The defense that was playing hard. Sometimes that happens. You've been a part of a team, right, that's one side where the defense is really good or the, and the offense stinks or yeah. vice versa, and you start blaming your cohorts like, wait a minute, you know, I'm rowing the boat, and you're just sitting there, you know, eating the um, the pork rind. By the way, whatever that's the, the, whatever those pork potato chips are, mm-hmm. are, are those yours? I mean, they're community, but I'm the one who requested them. Yeah, you did good work with that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Jets got the win over the Jags. Do you know how many passing yards the Jets had in that game? Well, I know they had 279, let me guess, on, on the ground. So I'm 273 guessing, on the ground. I'm guessing 122. How about 100 even? All right. Now, now you're playing the Bucks, not the Jags. Can't run against the Bucks. You are not going to run against the Bucks. So Zach Wilson is going to... He's going to throw to Michael Carter. We're going to play Michael Carter reception yards over. Thank you. Okay. That's a recommendation. Um, 90 yards rushing per game against the on the ground. That's the Bucks For the second straight year, they're, they're under 90 yards per game. They were the only team under 90 yards per game last year. I think they're one of two or three right now under 90 yards per game allowed. The Jets... Actually, they're top half of the league in DVOA and yards per, yards per play with run, but that's not going to happen in this game. Right. Like they're going to have Zach Wilson's going to have to not stink. You know, it might actually happen because the um, and, and let me ask you, how important is Shaq Barrett to the defense for the Bucks? Uh, I, I mean, I, I would probably he's probably fourth or fifth on the mm-hmm. list if yeah. you go down Bucks defensive players. I, I could see the Bucks exhaling and not bringing full effort in this game. I really could. Now that's where I, I like. <laughs> this is basically: Are they hunting for margin? They've only got a two percent chance to get the one seed. Uh, they've they've already clinched their division. So what's the motivation to go out like? And the only thing I can come up with that the Bucks have motivation to like put on a show for is MVP votes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Brady might want to get 
Yeah, but you know, in the latest because it's, it's a two, it's basically a two horse race now, right? No, no, it's become there's a big narrative. Don't out say there. Jonathan Taylor. A cup, cup, and Taylor, and Taylor. But I think the cup is real. That if Cup sets these these records, and Brady struggles a little bit, and Aaron Rodgers loses to the Vikings, Cup could get it. I think it. Jonathan I mean, Taylor, running backs don't matter. Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's every time Cooper Cup catches the ball, Matthew Stafford threw it to him. And it's a quarterback world. Matthew Stafford is garbage. How did Stafford oh. go from 12 to 1 last week to 50 to 1? Because he's he hot through three garbage. picks. And Cooper Cup goes from 40 to 1 to 25. Because he's going to gonna set the Cooper, NFL record. Cooper threw zero picks last week. Matt Stafford threw three. Yeah, I, I think it's, I still think it's a two horse race. I, I, I'm, I'm Brady not, and Rodgers. I think so. I, you, you know, I, I I think you can. There's a case to be made. Rogers minus one seventy five. Brady seven to one. There's a case to be made that may, there may be value on Josh Allen eleven to one. Maybe I don't. I think actually the value's gone on. I, I think tell you sixteen what, I'll to give, one would have been a good I'll, number. I'll give you thirty to one. You want you want you want thirty to one on no. Mahomes or Josh Allen? No. I'll tell you, in fact, I'll give you fifty to one on Mahomes. Because here, yeah, Mahomes. No, but here's the deal about Mahomes. Because the people who vote on this, they don't care about QBR and PFF grades. They want touchdown to interception rate, yards. yards. They, that's what they exactly. Patrick Mahomes and number one seeds. They want a team that's fourteen and three. Mahomes was throwing so many picks early this season. There's no way. There's no and, way. And Brady and Rodgers have taken care of the ball but, all but year. But one, the, the lifetime achievement award does go into this a little bit for Brady. That Brady could still get this. He could. He could. But the thing that and there could be people who say Aaron Rodgers, the guy who basically lied to the media about his vaccination status. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Aaron Rodgers is clearly the most deserving guy. Oh, of course. But, I but think, he's the incumbent, so he's got to be better than everybody by a margin. But he can't win. But I think Brady, if he's if he shows out these last couple games, he can, Brady at seven to one, I think, is the best bet on the board here. So that's the only reason I can see that they you would want to go both. out. You could bet Brady seven could. to one and lay one seventy five on the Jeopardy champion and and you uh, the Jeopardy host and be you know I think in good shape because I don't I don't see. I don't see Cup or Taylor winning. And, and frankly, um, you could you could bet on Cooper Cup each of the next two weeks because I do think they're going to feed him. So bet him catches over, and you're kind of hedged a little bit there. That um, um, if he if he gets 150 catches, you know you win your your, your bets on your and, in the next two weeks. And let's remember the Jets have the worst defense in the league per DVOA. They are the absolute worst defense in the league. So. This is all about want to. You're I mean, right. th- there's no question that if the if if Tom Brady looked at his guys in the locker room and said, "Hey, I want to win this game by 20 points," the Bucks could win this game by 20. And they points. really had they had that motivation after being shut out by the Saints to kick. Oh, some they were butt angry last week. Now they're not so angry. Now they're like, you know, they're they're coming off the holidays. I don't I don't see an angry Buck team. So hold your nose. Don't watch the game. Bet the Jets. I I think that's it's the only way I would want to bet it. I, I I've got no appetite to bet on the. I, I'm RJ will call me square at this point, but I've seen enough. Like I looked at the Jags number against the Patriots, and I was like, God, that's a huge number against an offense that isn't like a margin getting offense. It's not like you're going up against the Chiefs or the Bills who just run it up on teams. Then I was like, oh, what? Why would I go give someone money and say? I'd like to wager on the Jaguars, please. Well, no. Teaser alert. We'll be talking about that game. But in the meantime, <laughs> All right, let's you're going to bet on another bad team. This is about as bad as I can get. 
The Giants plus six at the Chicago Bears. Listen, I don't feel great about this, but do you know what the total of this game is? I would think it's 41. How about 37 and a half? Is it really that low? Mm. 37 and a half total. You know why the Giants have averaged less than 12 points per game over the last six weeks? You know, if you saw the Giants-Eagles game, that was just gross. The I mean, the, I know did the Giants get half. up to a ten nothing lead? The it, 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 I know it was tied at half, and the Giants were terrible. The whole the Eagles just, it just stopped. The, the Eagles dominated the statistics in the first half, and then destroyed them in the second. Yeah, it was like ten ten and a half. It was I know it was tied at half, and then they destroyed them second half. And that was all turnovers, Hurts playing poorly. Giants did nothing the entire game. They tried Jake Fromm, and I get it. You just want to see, it. can this guy play? They benched him for Mike Glennon again. And Glennon said, was worse. Yeah. I, I, and, they, and, they, who's, and who are they going to play this week, Glennon? I, I, yeah, I, th- I do think they're playing yeah. Glennon this week. Here's the deal about the Bears. And this me, me saying I like the Giants plus six is basically assuming that Justin Fields is going to play. Because the Bears have been much better without Justin Fields. Right? The Bears have won two games in the last 10. They just got their second win against the Seahawks. Nick Foles quarterbacked. The other game that they won in that 10-game stretch, Andy Dalton quarterbacked. Justin Fields doesn't win football games. He stinks. That said, unlike this Giants situation where it's like Fromm stinks and and – uh, Glennon stinks. What do we do? They don't care if those guys stink long term. The Bears are heavily invested in Justin Fields not stinking long term. They need him to figure it out, or they need to figure out that he can't play at all. That's an expensive because they trade. Remember, they traded up to get him. It's an expensive thing to say. We gave up multiples for you. You stink. Well, Fields will be fine as long as they. Incorporate what the, what Philly did with Hertz. It's really the same thing. It's it's extremely difficult. But they're not built that way. Their their team isn't built that way. Well, then fix it. You got y- 19, yeah. I get that. You, you drafted nineteen tight ends. So figure out how to how how to become a team that can utilize Fields running the ball twelve times a game and and put in RPOs because that's how you become effective. You know, one thing these Bears. What has happened to Allen Robinson? It is, it, I mean, it, it, he just disappeared. He doesn't exist. Yeah. You know what's happened to Mooney? He's disappeared. I mean, you've got no one on that team that is putting up any kind of yard. It's really I haven't looked at the box score. Um, I'll say this: gritty effort against Seattle, down ten in the snow. They could have easily packed it in, and Foles and company they sucked it up and they got it done. Here's and again, I just don't think the Bears should be laying six points to anybody, anybody, anybody. I will say this, the last time the Giants played a team that currently has a like has a sub 500 record was week 6. So they've they've been since since they played the Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, Bucks, Eagles, Dolphins, Chargers, well, Cowboys, well, Eagles. Raiders and Dolphins are no good. Those are so That's fair. The but, reason those teams are above 500 is cuz they got to beat the Giants. Yeah, that's true. Well, but they beat the Raiders by the way. <laughs> oh, that's true. No, they that's they true. did beat the Raiders. That's and true. and they, you know, they just haven't they haven't had they haven't had the ability to beat up on bad teams and this is a chance for them to go up against another team that's I would say as bad as the, Where's your power rankings have Giants and Bears? Bad. Uh, Giants are 31st. They're 10 and a half worse than an average team. 
The Bears are 26. They're minus six, four and a half on the neutral. Ooh. One and a half for home field. I get to six. I get to six. Let me ask you about Saquon Barkley. So he got injured playing the Bears in Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. And he did get asked about this. He's returning to the scene of the crime. Does that mean we want to bet on dude or against dude? Or does it not matter? It's it. I'll tell you why I don't know that it matters. I I, I hope it matters. I hope we want to bet on him. Mm-hmm. Because Saquon Barkley, the, their team has just been so bad on offense, they can't hand him the ball. Mm-hmm. Because they're, you're, when you're down by 20, what's the point? Right. And, you know, you've got a long-term investment in this guy. He's still coming off a major injury. You're going to feed him 30 times in a game that you're going to lose by 24 points? What sense does that make? You know, I love the whole concept of fade the Bears, who are no good, laying six. Who are the Bears to be laying six to anyone? That's where I That's where I you come know? down on this. Yeah. I, I just don't understand how you can look at this Bears team and go, you know what? Yeah, I'll lay Daniel yeah, a touchdown with them. I feel, I feel confident them. that they'll – but then the problem is, like, when you're laying six, you really have to get up 13 to be safe. But that's not true against the Giants. If you're up seven, you're safe because the Giants – like, they're terrible. I mean, how many times have they had a chance to get a backdoor score, you know, and against Dallas, against other teams, and they just, against Miami, they can't, they can't move the ball at all. Well, in that 10-game stretch that I mentioned, they've only won two of those games. One was they won by two points at the Lions, mm-hmm. and they won by one point against Seattle. So, so you like, could argue they're clutch. They, they are clutch, clutch, sure. But they're not. They're not. They're not beating anybody by a touchdown. No. no. So the the Giants plus six. It's. I don't like betting on teams like this. I really don't. But when two of them play each other, and I I think maybe your your numbers say that the Bears are. I, I think it's it, the gap between them. I don't think is as, as big as you make it. But I I mean you're the expert on it. But I, I I'm going to stick with. I think the Giants are slightly worse than the Bears. Let me keep keep in mind, everyone, it's Wednesday. You've got COVID news coming out on an hourly basis. All this, everything can change, right? This is our best estimates of what we would like if we had to submit right here and now. Yeah. Everything can change. So asterisk, um, hashtag change my mind, hashtag uh, things change. Now, you, We talk about the Giants and how they don't have a home field advantage. The Giants are dreadful at home. Right, and the Jets do, but the Giants don't. Are the Giants, because they're so bad at home, do we consider them a – like, do we up them on the road? Like, are they better than the average? I I think that in general – Like a road field advantage? really bad, you want to bet them on the road and not at home because they don't get any home field advantage. And then the other thing to consider is – the Bears, the, the Bears' biggest weapon late in the season is bad weather. Like they're hoping it'll be windy, it'll be mm-hmm. snowy. The Giants, they don't care. I mean, they, the Giants are used to playing in that junk, and their their offense stinks anyway. What are they going to do? Wait, wait a minute, I'm drawing a blank. Justin Fields was Ohio State, so yes, he's used, to ever, he's used to the weather. Yeah, but like the Giants, it's not like you're going to slow down their offense with some snow or some right. wind. Their there offense no stinks offense. anyway. Yeah. It's it, it doesn't affect them. So Giants plus six is going to be my three weight. All right, let's ha Clemson nine. Nineteen to three. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yet another we are talking about in college football. Check out straight out of Vegas, uh, our podcast on Wednesday. We talked about COVID and implications and how when you see money coming on a team um, on the day of the game or uh, based upon player personnel situation, and there were Iowa State guys out for this game, uh, that line move coupled with a first half victory typically results in a second half victory. 
M-O-T-S. What does that stand for, AJ? More of the same. More of the same. It, yes. And it's funny. We, we talked also about Alabama in that game and how when you when there's a gap between the last game and this game, usually the team with more talent, once they start rolling into these extra practices and stuff, they just get better. People forget Clemson still has a bunch of NFL guys and five-star recruit. Like, they've got a lot of talent on that roster. Yeah, so this is like an NCAA tournament that we, we do this all the time also where we say – Boy, you know, uh, Wichita State has been every bit as good as Kentucky all year long. Yeah, I don't care. But you know why? Because Kentucky is getting better as the year goes on because their athletes are NBA athletes and Wichita State guys aren't. So Wichita State was better in December, but they're not better in March because they have a ceiling. And Iowa State has a ceiling and Clemson doesn't. Clemson has players that would make them a top three team and Iowa State doesn't. Sorry. All right, let's get into the the games that we didn't have in our top three picks this week, and we'll start with the Colts, six and a half, hosting the Raiders. All right, so this line was eight, and then beat reporters were talking about how there was COVID issues for the Colts. Then it turned out it was Carson Wentz. The line went all the way down to two. Then the NFL changed the rules about unvaccinated players that test positive if he can test negative in the next five days, then Wentz can play. Now it's back to six and a half. With so much uncertainty about COVID, maybe with other Colts players, I can't play it right now. But if everything stays the same and Wentz plays, you know what? I'm going to te- I'm going to tease the Colts. Colts are going to win this game. Raiders are not going to win this game. This would be a teaser on Colts. Teaser down to a half point. Yeah, if it was, if it's six, especially if it's six point seven five, like between six and a half and seven, if it starts to go back up to seven, it's the perfect teaser. Just have to win the game. Okay, uh, I I tend to agree. The Raiders are fascinating to me because I keep thinking the Raiders are just going to roll over and die, and they're kind of like cockroaches. They're they're still just hanging around and. I looked at I said, okay, the Raiders can't be like I think about the Raiders pass rush and that game by seventy one points, outscored by seventy one yeah, points. They're very, they're similar to the Falcons. The Falcons are seven and eight while the Raiders are eight and seven. Same same thing. But same same concept. Um and the Colts are playing their best football right now. They're beating up respected teams. But I, I was thinking about the Raiders and their strength on defense and, and the pass rush. And I said, they that means they can't be great stopping the run, right? And they're not. I mean, they're they're tenth in DVOA against the run, which is solid. But they're twenty fifth in yards per game allowed. Teams they push against them. The two teams that they've played that have real running attacks, Philly and Cleveland, they actually held them. Like they hmm. just recently they played they played Cleveland and Nick Chubb couldn't get it going against this Raiders team. So when the Raiders say we gotta we gotta stop the run, that's why I'm nervous. Mullins quarterback. I, I don't know. That was the yeah, Mullins. Oh, yeah, it was the Mullins game, yep. So I think they, they think there was some stack in the box. Let's throw that one sure. in the garbage can. And, and, but, obvi- I mean, obviously you're going to stack the box against the Eagles anyway, mm-hmm. uh, which which makes sense. Carson Wentz being able to play would mean you can't stack the box. Um, if Carson Wentz can't play, I, I think you've got some real value on the Sam Raiders. Sam Ellinger? Sam Ellinger, who's a running quarterback. Yep. I mean, he's a, 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 I don't want to say – like, he's not like a, a track star – but he's a guy yeah. who's very, very willing to run, was very willing to run at Texas. Um, but it, it, I'd say he's like a sort of a poor man's 
you know, Jalen Hurts or something like that, a guy who is very willing to get out there and do it. So I, I if if Wentz plays, I, I think the Colts take this. Uh, if if the, if he doesn't, it's a total stay away from me. I like your idea of the teaser. Um, it's not Wong, so it, uh, how can it be right if it's not Wong? Uh, but. Really, the only time the six and a half, like the only time I te- I do, the only time I tease six and a half is when it's like six and a half to seven split line, and someone gives me a six and a half, so I can say I'm kind, I'm I'm picking up extra value by getting it down to minus a half. If the Raiders get to nine and seven, if the Raiders win this game somehow, they get the Chargers. That could be like a literal playoff game. Yeah, it could. The Chargers do not control their destiny. They could win out and and not get in though. They need a Miami loss. Okay. But Miami, I think, has got two tough games, so it's likely. Yeah, Miami's they they've got Patriots and Titans. Yes. Yep, at Tennessee, Week 16, and then their last week of the season they host the Patriots. But with so many uncertainties, there's no way I'm betting this game until five minutes before kickoff. I think that's the way to look at it. All right, let's go to the next one: the Buffalo Bills, 14 and a half point favorites at home. Against the Falcons, and we're just going to give like one or two comments on each one of these games. The card is 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 so extensive, and I am not betting these games myself. I was looking at the Falcons. I was going to play the Falcons. You mentioned the Falcons are massively overrated, almost a 500 team, but they've been outscored by 100 points. Here's why I can't do it. You know, the Bills are almost like you know a Tom Osborne Nebraska team where they want to cover for their boosters. You don't see this very often in NFL circles. The Bills, not once but twice, as double-digit favorites or, or, or the like against Miami and against Carolina, threw the ball in the red zone with two minutes to play with the game in hand to score touchdowns to cover spreads. That's a nasty team. Don't want to be – don't want to play against a team that can name the score – when they like to name the score, so I'm going to pass. We discussed this last week about the Falcons. They're seven and eight with a minus one twenty-two point differential against teams who currently have a better than fifty percent chance of making the playoffs. The Falcons are zero and six with a minus one forty-five differential. So we got a bully against a team that gets beat that beat up. By yeah, against so a wussy. The Bills, they've got the league's best point differential, plus one sixty-three. They are seven and two with a plus one seventy two against teams with a sub five hundred chance to make the playoffs. There are better teams to invest your money and lose with than Atlanta. Here, here is a uh, a potential, uh, uh, I guess, a derivative as we like mm-hmm. to find here. The Falcons haven't played a game this year in sub fifty degree weather. Mm. A dome team who hasn't really gone out and played in a nasty weather game. Forecast for Sunday in Buffalo is a high of 29, 60% chance of snow, 15 to 25 mile an hour winds. Falcons team total under 14 and a half seems strong. It does. I endorse that. Let's go with that. What are you guys thinking there? I don't get how this Falcons team is as bad as they are. I mean, Arthur Smith is an offensive coach and this team... Last year, at least they could move the ball. This team is the worst in the league in they, DVOA. They're, they're, they don't have an offensive they're, they're, line. Their wide receiver quit the team. Yeah, their best player's not playing. It's uh, uh, Kyle Pitts has been out the last couple games. They like, got one guy. You get yeah. double teamed. You take him away, and they, they got no running backs. I mean, it's, it's not a good team. I feel like the Bills make a statement. I endorse Falcons under team There's total. a derivative. Excellent. All right. The Arizona Cardinals plus five at the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I want no part of this game. I I took my shot. The Cowboys had covered three straight times against bad quarterbacks and bad teams, three straight in the road, and I said they're overvalued. And then they beat Washington, the football team, by 
100 points. <laughs> Just so, 42. Pass. Is this a buy low, sell high spot? The, the Cardinals have lost three straight. They're a good team. What's your power ratings difference? It can't be much. It's uh, two and a half points. So the power ratings say there's value because we're going through the three on top of it on Arizona. But you know what? It was a home run spot for Arizona against a depleted team in Indianapolis last week, and they lost outright at home. So the Red Storm and before that they lost empty. by double digits no, to the Lions. Plus, not to mention the fact if if there was one team that you lost on getting closing line value this year, it was these Cardinals. I can't tell you how many times the point the line move has been wrong on these teams, which makes me even less in, in, encouraged to try to find out where the line's going to move and get ahead of it because it doesn't win anyways. Did you know Dallas was the best team in the league against the spread this year? What are they, uh, three losses? 12-3. and three. Yeah. How often is a team as public as Dallas the best ATS team in the league? Very, very rarely. The one, the um, it's know, usually going to be like the Jags or someone or like a that. Or team like Kansas City, the year they won the Super Bowl, where they stunk for a while and then, yeah, and then they got good. Yes, yeah. That, that, when right, I saw that, was... having said that, we're going to make money betting against the Cowboys the rest of the year, but I'm not betting against them this game. Okay, well, there's only one game after this. Oh, there'll be playoffs. McCarth- <laughs> McCarthy and playoffs go to like oil and and and, and vinegar. You know, there was once a um, there was once a Green Bay Dallas playoff game. Were literally this. I think Garrett was coaching for the for Dallas. What a what a battle of minds. There were literally five <laughs> basic strategy mistakes in the final two minutes. You know, every the whole gamut of not using the timeouts right to kicking off um, to, to into the end zone instead of mortar kicking to the two, etc. RJ's taught me the lesson of don't think that I know more than NFL coaches about football, and and he's right about no, that. he's wrong. He's wrong. You know way more about game management but what, than, than these NFL coaches. What I will say is, if you gave them a multiple choice test, like literally, like like McKenzie would score like an eighty-eight, and they'd score a sixty in I terms w- of when to use the timeout. <laughs> you know why? Because they're just, they're, hey, you got to call a timeout here. Literally, it's it's how good is the guy they hired, you know? And every now and then you got a coach that, d- that does doesn't even hire anybody. Yes. I, I do. I do think, though, that I can comfortably say, compared to their peers, Mike McCarthy and Jason Garrett are dopes, and <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I feel I feel okay saying that. Yeah. All right, let's look at the next game. Oh, we got a barn burner here: the Panthers, seven point dogs at the Saints. Yeah, I I, I can't even address it. Ian Book could be the quarterback. Is I don't. I think the unlikely. new rules mean that Taysom Hill should be able to be yeah, back. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I need something to tease my Colts with. Uh, the Saints are going to beat the Panthers. I'll tease the Saints. The Saints have the best run defense in the league. And if you say, okay, we're not going to let you run, beat us through the air, Sam Darnold. Yeah. I feel pretty good saying the Saints are going to win that game. And the Saints still have something to play for, you know? Uh, I, and I think part of why like, the, the Saints couldn't get their run game going last week because the box was just – they knew they knew Ian Book couldn't throw. Uh, my prop on straight out of Vegas was Mark Ingram under rushing yards. What was it, 30? It was 28 and a half. I said, he, he's not going to touch the ball because... You won that, right? Oh, Easy. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, how many times are they going to hand off to the second running back? They're not even going to be able to hand it to Kamara because... Kamara's going to be lucky to get to 50. The game yeah. script is going to say you can't you can't yeah. run the ball. Of course. So, yeah, I, I, I think this, the Panthers, the wheels have fallen off. And if you're... Cho- What's your record on those prop bets? Uh, like three or four games over 500. 15 I, and 12. I had a really hot start, and then I had a... a I'm, like, I'm like the reverse Dolphins. 
You were 10 and 0. No, I think I was like 12 and 2 or all something. Right. I got right. pretty pretty hot, but yeah. it, it was a bad Still run a good in there. Record. 15 12. Um, all right, let's look at the next one. The Eagles against a football team, the Eagles three and a half point favorites at Washington. You know, there's a lot of sharp money on the on the football team and maybe I picked the wrong week to bet on Washington. I can't get past the fact that the Eagles you know, it was 10-10 against the Giants, and they really they killed the Giants for three quarters so badly. And that 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 defense for Washington, I don't I don't I can't bet against that Washington. I know the sharp money's in Washington, not my money. I pass. Uh, I lean to to the football team here. I, it's hard to take away much from that Week 15 matchup because it was just so heavily impacted by COVID. But I think you're getting a massive buy low sell high again here with the football team. They got just embarrassed by the Cowboys. On Sunday night football, the whole world watching, and then the Eagles, like you said, just running over but the corpse no of the Giants. It's going to be nothing but Eagles fans in 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 the suburbs of Washington, where they make the the San Francisco you know what fans though? look passionate. Eagles on the road this year lost to the Giants, got blown out by the Raiders, barely beat the Panthers. Like the Eagles aren't a good road team. They're and, not on the road. They're home in this game. <laughs> but the, the You're making my point. The the football <laughs> team will have. Close to a normal roster for the first time in mm. three weeks this week, which maybe so you're right. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe that with their guys coming back from all the COVID issues, I'm just passing. And then Miles Sanders, who ran for over 130 in the first matchup. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Miles Sanders? How how good of a running back? Like, which, where would you say top? What would you put Miles Sanders? 32. What if I told you? Uh, 26. 26. Miles Sanders has the exact same yards per carry as Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb this oh, year. I've got him. I've got him underrated. Five point five oh, yards oh, per carry. Okay, and he's out. We've yeah. got a hand injury. That's not. That's not a nothing guy to be out. I know he's not as big of a name. He's been big for that that offense with the Eagles. So it's it's football team or pass for me. It. I mean, truthfully, it's it's just probably pass. All right, Jags. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Jags plus fifteen. At the Patriots. Obviously, I should be taking the 15. The Patriots aren't built for margin, and their quarterback they should be conservative and careful with. You know, I can't get past. I just I rewatched the end game. Oh, Avengers? Of, of Jaguars. Oh. <laughs> and I can't get past the fact that there's 25, there's 27 seconds left, something like that. And they, on second down, and they complete a pass to the one and then they're like scrambling. What do we do? And then they spike the ball on third down. On third down, and it's just wrong. You know what? Every team, it's it's this easy. You have one play, you practice it, and in that situation, your savvy quarterback that didn't spend his entire college career hanging out with his girlfriend on Sunday, but watched NFL games, so he's quite savvy about this. Yells, Lincoln, Lincoln, and Lincoln means rush to the line of scrimmage and throw a pass, all right? You know, and we've got the – you, you, you pre-called it, so you don't even have to think. No! No pre-planning. Um, we'll just kind of wing it and spike the ball and hope we can score in fourth down. Like, that is so wrong on so many different levels. How can you not have a pre-selected play for exactly this circumstance? Now, remember, they're dealing with an interim coach. Like, it's – Screw that. F the coach. You're well, the goddamn quarterback. Yeah, but also remember – Who's coached this guy since he's been in the NFL? I don't care. You're I the mean, quarterback. Take some ownership. 
you know, and 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 have it prepared. And then no one else pissed me off about this game. I saw Trevor Lawrence on a scramble on that final drive, and he looked like he was Hussein Bolt going down the sideline, fresh legs. Dude, he looked phenomenal. Where the hell has that been? It, it is long? frustrating because you see some flashes from him that you go, whoa. Why isn't dude running? Yeah. I mean, you saw, you, did you, you recall the play where he gets down? Yes. He, he, he runs. And it's funny when I was looking up the yards per carry this uh, this season, and I I saw that Miles Sanders was right there with mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. You know who has the most yards per carry in the league this year? Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen. <laughs> okay. And when Trevor Lawrence runs, it looks a lot like Josh Allen running. He just doesn't he looks do faster. It. He looks fast. He might be fast. He's not as big, but it, like he it. So Josh Allen goes through traffic more. But when they get out in space, Trevor Lawrence can go. And notice how Trevor Lawrence suddenly became very clock savvy when he was down inside the 10, not cutting it into traffic, trying to, to get to, to advance the ball. Well, let's get out of bounds and stop the clock. What's funny we'll is see. when they stopped, when they clocked it on third down and fourth down came up. Motion. Why Do you know why that happened? Because somehow the play clock ran almost all the way to zero. How do you not have something figured out for your fourth down? Like the game's on the line. Cheyenne, Cheyenne. Something. I'm, I'm like just, just like, like this whole idea of like analysis paralysis. The longer the defense, the longer the offensive linemen have to sit in their stance, and the longer the defense gets to go ahead and peruse what's going on, the less likely you succeed. I've never seen in the history of the NFL a fourth down conversion attempt fail that when the ball has been snapped within ten seconds. So I never. Can't, I can't get. I'd love to take 15 points here, but Belichick against young quarterbacks is just a, a, a great an ATM point. machine. Great point. Here's the here's the the derivative option, which we've looked at multiple times. Jags team totals 13 and a half. So in the last nine games, the Jags have averaged 11 points per game, which is an embarrassing number to begin with. In the five games during that stretch, they faced playoff teams. You can drop it down to eight points per game and add in the fact that James Robinson, their best player, tore his Achilles last week. Team total under 13 and a half sure, again. I, I endorse it. Okay. Belichick will shut, shut out Lawrence. Yes, shut down Lawrence who refuses to run. All right. Let's get to the next game in our rundown, the Denver Broncos. Plus six and a half at the Chargers. All right. So Drew Locke let me down last week. He was bad. He's going to be the quarterback. You agree? He stinks, he right? He stinks. You know what? I'm not going to curse him out because Trevor Lawrence has talent and he just refuses to run. Drew Locke just stinks. <laughs> the Chargers need the game like blood. They had a bunch of guys out, and it's very hard to evaluate, you know, Houston, a lot of guys out. Chargers, a lot of guys out. The Chargers are going to get those guys back. The Chargers are a playoff caliber team that needs the game like blood. I could only look to Chargers. I lean the Chargers. Here's what scares me about that. I said last week when I was talking about the Chargers and the Texans, the Chargers being so willing to let teams run. And I said, oh, don't worry. The Texans can't run the ball. And then Five yards Rex Burkhead runs for like a million yards. Patriots cast off. Uh, the Broncos, they want to run the ball. And the first game, Broncos ran for just under 150 yards. If the if the Chargers don't change something on defense, I, I they they could lose this game. Well, the Broncos want to run, but the Broncos can't run. What'd they get against the Raiders? Eighteen yards? Everybody can run against the Chargers. I told you the Texans can't yeah. run. Guess okay. what? They You're can. Right. You're right. The Chargers just say, Come on through, Bubba. Uh, so you know, the Broncos plus three in turnovers. Gift touchdown at the end of the first half. Still 
get beat by the Raiders. Really bad performance. I told you. Really remember, bad. Remember, I, when RJ said, so AJ, your handicap is Drew Locke stinks? Yes, that yep. was the handicap. That's correct. <laughs> Drew Lock stinks. So Chargers are nothing, and I don't. And and looks like nothing. Yeah, it's it's certainly nothing for me. Uh, oh, this is a a barn burner here. How about the Detroit Lions plus seven at the Seahawks? You know, I saw the money on the Lions early in the week, and it was yeah, it was eight and a half. It was eight. It was seven and a half. You had plenty of time to play it. And I just think this is an example. The you know the value. Left once it got down to seven, you really had to get. You should have gotten at this before when it was north of seven. I should have gotten at it. I didn't, frankly. I don't know why. At seven, I just I'm going to lean lines. Yeah, the, the Seahawks are frustrating. Like got up ten against the Bears. We're in we're in control. The Seahawks. I, I had the guys look up some of this information. Mackenzie, maybe you can mic up and, and give me some of this, or Brad, one of you guys, who's whoever's more uh, intimate with it. The Seahawks this year are 0-9 when they're trailing or tied in the fourth quarter. That's like the exact opposite of, of what recent history. of what Russ's reputation historically has been. Like he, it, this is but, a guy but that's not historic. That was for his first like six years, he was fitty fitty. And then he had like three years, he was great. He's and the comeback R- king. He's yeah, like the, but, R- but RJ talked about that. It's like he's not clutch. He's just been clutch over a three or four year period. Looks like um a lot of that's kind of random. Also, historically, the Seahawks don't blow teams out. They, it, all their games are like seven or less. And that home field advantage is not what it was. I mean, this is the first losing year in forever where Pete Carroll was not. There was nobody win in the stands. Seven games. Nope. And I mean, the, the weather was dreadful, so I guess I get it. But there was nobody in the stands. Three of their, five, but three of their five wins this year have been by double digits, yeah. and that's including the Lion or the Jags and the Texans, which are pretty good comps to the Lions. Of course, you'd also say, well, the Bears are a pretty close comp to the Lions, and the, the Bears just beat them outright right. on their own home field. They are a close comp. What do you guys have for the uh, for the Seahawks' recent history with the with the late game comebacks? Well, we do know that uh, he's got twenty four fourth quarter comebacks, which ranks. Uh, tied for 18th, but we don't have like all time. You mean not like in the league now all time. Yeah. So we don't have like the, the full on record for how often he's done it, but he, he'd done a just under three a year all the way up until this year, just broad strokes. The Seahawks were seven and three in close games last year, two and five this year. Yeah. I, I, the Seahawks team is fundamentally different. Pete Carroll coming out and saying, I don't think we need sweeping changes. I, I don't. He doesn't believe that because he knows sweeping changes means probably a new head coach, and he doesn't want that. Right. Or it means probably a new quarterback, and then he, he doesn't win. want that. Right. So because it, let's face it, if you t- if you do get Russ off this team, you're looking at a, a bottom. I mean, this is one of the five worst rosters sans quarterback in yeah, the league. I agree with. So that. this isn't a quick really rebuild. Really good wide receivers, terrible roster. Yeah, this is a, this is not a quick rebuild. This yeah. is a, a a long-term rebuild. If you move on from Russ, and you could get a haul for Russ, so it makes sense to do it. Yeah. But Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the league. Yeah, he's not sitting here saying, "Yeah, let's let's trade Russ, get a bunch of assets, get three first rounders, and start this thing all over again." No, he's running out of time. He, he, of course, he doesn't want this thing to to hit reset. All right, the Vikings plus six and a half at the Packers. I'll lean Vikings. Uh, the Vikings won the first matchup in a coin flip game. The Vikings won in Lambeau last year. Ran all over the Packers. The Packers, you know, 
They've been missing their best lineman all year long. Hasn't really hurt the offense. They've been missing key defenders, and they might get, I guess, Zaire Alexander back in this game. Jair. Jair. Yeah. That, what I said. Zaire. Yes. Jair, uh, Zaire. Potato, but, potato. But the bottom line. Or potato, Zotato. The defense is, <laughs> the defense is leaking oil for the Packers. We saw it against Baltimore. Um we saw it against Cleveland. You can't trust that defense. This is the game that the Packers get up 10, win by three, and they cover their teaser, but they don't cover the game. But the Vikings lose, and I lose my over eight and a half wins, and I'm very angry about it because they had eight games they could have won that they found a way to lose. I feel like the Vikings last week was their big home run swing, and coming up short, I could see, and Dalvin Cook may not play. May have been a good idea not to have given Dalvin Cook hundreds of carries, you know, in the game they had in, in hand. So hmm. Yeah, so I, I just, huh. I can't get an appetite for the Vikings here because I just don't, I don't trust them. Like, like I said, the Rams literally tried to hand them the game. Nope, you take it. And they couldn't even cover? Couldn't even come to <laughs> like, yep. it's, it's crazy. All right, uh, Dave Essler's got a good feel for this game. He's got a best bet on this one. I love and bet the Vikings Packers under 47 and a half points. This total is nearly identical to the total the last time these teams met and scored 65 points. In that game, there was 875 yards of offense. They combined to convert 66% of third downs. There were zero turnovers in between them. They averaged seven yards per play. That is just not NOT happening in Green Bay at night when the daytime high Sunday is projected to be 12 degrees. There's going to be drops, there's going to be fumbles, and good luck kicking a rock. Longest field goal under, if you're so inclined. The Vikings' offense is 25th in third down conversions, but their defense is 4th in third down stops. If Cook plays, he's missed reps. Thielen's probably out again. Cousins' completion percentage has dropped every month, and in December, he threw more picks than he had in the previous three months combined. Trajectory down. And let's also see how Justin Jefferson, the Louisiana boy, likes this weather. So, not only did I bet the under 47.5, I'm so confident, I also bet the Vikings team total under 20.5 points. All right, what do you think of that, the under in this game? I like the concept directionally. I'll probably get at it because it's going to be 8 degrees. It's probably going to be all kinds of props that I can find ways to bet against field goal kickers and bet against long touchdowns and things like that. Yeah, I I worry that, like... Weather games usually bring down totals. I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of immune to that. That Green Bay defense seems to be immune to stopping anybody in fourth quarters also. That is true. Says, quick question for you. Are you saying you're more likely to look at derivatives for this game because it's Sunday night football and there's such a bigger menu? Yes, I'm sorry. That's a great point. So because it's the primetime game, there's going to be a lot of extra props that they're going to price. And if I peruse all of those, I'll probably find – Extra value. It's very rare, for instance, I'll ever play a game under 47.5 because I can look at both team totals, first half team totals, um, player props, kicker props. And by the time I go through all those, and they usually round those up by a little bit, I'll find better value somewhere on the menu. All right. Monday Night Football, the Browns, three-point favorites at the Steelers. This is basically a playoff game. I don't know that either of these teams make it in the playoffs, but I know for sure the loser of this game doesn't make the playoffs. All right, one game handicap. If it was three and a half, this would have been a best bet, but since it's three, I I didn't put on my card. I firmly believe the Steelers are the right side, and here's why. Big Ben's final home game. I think you absolutely, they bring it in terms of energy. Uh, Who are the Browns to be laying any points on the road 
They're going to be playing. They'll play Renegade at the end of the third quarter. The stadium will be going crazy. It's going to be 17 all. Someone will lose the game. Give me the three-point head start. I'd have to look to Steelers. Give me a three-and-a-half-point head start. It's a real big bet. We did a thing on Straight Out of Vegas this week where, and I, I think there's you can make arguments for a couple guys. I think Tua has outperformed what we thought he would be coming into the season more than any quarterback this year. Whoa, whoa. Timeout, timeout. Okay. No, 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 no. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has played at like an MVP level before in his career. Like No, you no, no. I roll back the tape. I believe I believe that what what AJ said was the quarterback that's played better this year versus his expectation. That's and, true. Carson and, I forgot about Carson Wentz's injury coming and into the season. The expectations was that the, what coming into the year Tua and Carson Wentz, I think almost everyone would have had those two teams, those two guys comparable, and everybody has Carson Wentz better than Tua right now. You might be right, and I didn't th- like. I, I I certainly thought Carson Wentz would be better than Tua, healthy. But coming into this season, I didn't think Carson Wentz was going to be healthy. Yeah, like, I w- I would have probably. I don't know who I would have ranked higher. Who I ranked higher at the beginning of the year, but I mean, heck, I got Carson Wentz number nine. Okay. And two is not sniffing top 10. No, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, if I had told you at the beginning, what odds would you have given me that Tua would be a top 10 QBR guy this year? Let me think about this. 10 to 1? I would give you 10 to 1, but um, because Miami was supposed to be a winning team, but I would have given you 5 to 1. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the fact that he's in the top 10 of QBR is, and, and is mind-blowing I, and to and me. I look at the, at, when I look at the list of top 10, um, he is the only guy – Whoa. Taysom Hill's 10th? Is that right? In QBR? That's got to be a typo. Uh, right? That's a typo. Because well, he doesn't I'm, qualify because he hasn't played. I mean, it it prob- might have been Jameis Winston at 10. It was probably Winston, and I didn't, and I didn't update it. Right, because I lo- if I look at all the other top 10 guys, they all belong. So there's like basically goes back to your 10 to 1 number. Like which one doesn't belong? It's like it all. hey, all the Big Bens and Cam Newtons and, and Goffs. Yeah, are like, top you know, 10 right now. Rodgers, Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Allen, Wentz, Mahomes, Murray, Tua, Derek Carr. Yeah, so Tua, Tua and Wentz are the only are, are the clear two guys, the two guys we didn't expect to. And play. most people would have probably said that Dak or Lamar Jackson right. or right. Ryan Tannehill, one of those guys would have been there and they're they're not. Sure. Uh but back to the the original point of this I think it's pretty obvious who the guy who the guy is who's underachieved the most this year, and it's not Ryan Tannehill or Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. I think it's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Most people thought he was probably a slightly above average quarterback coming and, into and the he, year, and he's not even like he's not even a cape. He's not top thirty-two. He's Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's so. dreadful. But I mean, Wilson was supposed to be a top five quarterback, and he's only average. So he's both of those guys. Okay, okay. one and one A and one B. Yeah, I get, and I guess it's just so much more glaring with Baker because he's so bad. Like he's not, and I get. Okay, he's injured. Okay, and remember Russell Wilson? Like he actually got injured where he had to miss games. He had the the mallet finger. Right. Like at least he's smart enough when he's injured. He says, oh. I'm hurting my team if I go out there and play with this mallet finger. Baker Mayfield says, "Nope, Bubba, the no, no torn labor. I'm gonna keep out. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going out here and bad knee, pissing off games, bad ankle. You know, I'd feel bad for the guy, but somehow in 
his busy schedule, he still has time to make the greatest commercials. Yeah, he I've is ever good seen. at those. By the way, if you have to step out, the security code is six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Steelers, this, I always talk about the Steelers getting up for like, it, rallying around something like if the, Mike Tomlin, if he's if he can make up some bullshit to rally around, they're gonna rally around. And it. let's use the RJ rule of two. If this line was Cleveland minus one, we'd be discussing this like I'm not really sure who I like. <laughs> la la la. But if it was five, we would be betting the mortgage. What are your power ratings? So, excellent question. Let me go to my power ratings. Um, I have Cleveland to zero. And I have Pittsburgh at minus three and a half, so I make it three and a half on a neutral. And Pittsburgh okay. is a team that's much better at home. Be a better home field. So that would say two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I... Oh, look at this. Clemson's playing Iowa State. It's time for me to rail. So Iowa State trails by 14. And even though the entire world knows that when you trail by 14 and score a touchdown with under 10 minutes to go, you go for two. <laughs> but that memo does not make it to Ames, Iowa, where analytics They don't, don't have exist. the internet there. No. And they kicked the extra point, even though my 10-year-old son knows it's not even close because if you go for two and get it, then you win if you score the next touchdown. By the way, we went over all this math in last week's episode of Straight Out of Vegas, how five-eighths is bigger than four-eighths when you do <laughs> simplifying assumptions. And even RJ, the ultimate um, scrutinizer, nodded his head and said, that's clear-cut. Obviously clear cut. All right. Well, I I don't know that we have uh I, I don't know that we have anything else, boys. Uh it's been very real. Uh it's been very fun. And it's been really fun, I must say. <laughs> so uh it, obviously it, it's not not the same with RJ not here, but we we do our best. And I want to say, well, my house is on fire burning to the sky. I thought it would rain, but the clouds passed by. Now I feel like I'm coming to the end of my way. But I know God is my shield, and he won't lead me astray. What's that from? Still, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was all right until I fell in love with you, Fez. <laughs> He's just talking. That's not a quote. Bob yeah. Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. All right. We I'm going to I'm gonna go home and listen to Smoke on the Water. <laughs> who, did, who did that song? Uh, Deep Purple. Yeah, I'm going to do Deep Purple, Smoke on the Water. I love it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, we'll just do Beavis and Butthead. the gambling house burns down. That, I, I, just, I love that lyric. All right, boys. We'll see you next week. Hey.